You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. It is August 2021, and I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we're from the Course Report team, so we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But each month, we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about and slacked each other in the Course Report virtual office, and we share it with you. And in Course Report news this August, we just recently published our list of the best UX design bootcamps and the best data science bootcamps. So these are the data science and UX bootcamps that we would recommend to our very own friends and family. So definitely check those out if you're just starting your research process. And Liz, what else will we cover in today's episode? Well, we're going to start by covering a $25 million fundraise, an acquisition, two slight pivots in the bootcamp world, and one, I'm calling this a semi-closure, which will make sense once we start talking about it. And then we'll give an update on the Apprenticeship to College Act, which is in Congress, and we're going to talk about an interesting bootcamp in New Orleans that gives high school students college credit, and we're going to tell you about the best bootcamp scholarships we read about this August. And of course, Jess is going to tell you about the 11 new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory in August. Okay, Jess, we've got a lot to cover, so let's jump in. As usual, let's start with the fundraises and the acquisitions. So Liz, what was this biggest boot camp fundraise in August? TechCrunch reports that Product School raised a $25 million Series A in growth equity investment from growth fund Leads Illuminate. This was definitely the largest fundraise of August. And, you know, Product School has been around for a while. They've been teaching product management since 2014, but they've been bootstrapped for that entire time, almost a decade. So this $25 million will be used to accelerate their product and partnerships with client companies. TechRound reports that Hyperion Dev raised over 2.5 million euros in 12 weeks through both private investments and public crowdfunding. So the funding will be used to globally expand Hyperion Dev. Um, Its current target markets are the UK and the US, as well as create scholarship dollars for students in need. Hyperion Dev reports that it has been very successful in Africa with 640% in revenue growth since 2018 and a 254% growth in active users during the recent pandemic lockdown. Digital Crafts announced that they've been acquired by the American Intercontinental University System this August. The AIU system is a university that's licensed by the Arizona State Board for Private post-secondary education and approved by the Arizona SARA Council. Current students and alumni of Digital Crafts should not expect any major changes to like the day-to-day classroom experience or education or support throughout the program, but it sounds like Digital Crafts will continue to operate 
as they have in the past. And they'll just kind of like streamline their application process in the future. And then digital crafts, while we're talking about them, they also made the Inc. 5000 fastest growing private companies in America list. So congrats to digital crafts. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so it appears that FlockJ is changing their business model up a bit. TechCrunch reports that the tech sales bootcamp has cut at least half of its full-time workforce, and it's now pivoting away from its bootcamp program to target the B2B SaaS market. So FlockJ will continue offering its bootcamp, but it is scaled back to accept just a small pool of students, which is kind of bittersweet because FlockJ has been a champion of diversifying the tech pipeline. TechCrunch mentions that FlockJ is looking to build out a SaaS tool for sales operations and efficiency, which should ensure the company a steady revenue stream. And finally, Galvanize announced in August that they are sunsetting their data science boot camps. So this is that semi-closure that I was talking about, because it's not like Galvanize and Hack Reactor are completely closing, but they're not offering data science anymore. The Galvanize team said in a blog post, quote, we still wholeheartedly believe in the power and possibilities of data and know that our students, alumni, and future data scientists can and will continue making an impact on the field. For many years, we have struggled to run a financially sustainable business that services the needs of the market while continuing to put our students first, end quote. If you remember, Galvanize acquired Hack Reactor in 2018, so now it looks like Galvanize Hack Reactor will focus solely on their software engineering programs. This August, the major regulatory news in the boot camp world revolved around apprenticeships in Congress. So let's start there, Liz. Yes. If you listen to this podcast, then you know how much we love apprenticeships, especially for boot camp graduates. Many boot camps themselves are even Department of Labor approved apprenticeships now. And Ed Surge published an article about a new apprenticeship pathways pilot. And that pilot program includes a bunch of really great tech apprenticeships like the IBM Software Engineers Apprenticeship Program. Microsoft Leap, their apprenticeship program for software engineers, which we love, and then the Tectonic Software Developers Apprenticeship Program. And as part of this pilot program, universities can actually sign on to accept those apprenticeships as college credit. For example, someone who completes a one-year apprenticeship with IBM and software engineering will kind of set their foundation for their career at the company, but then they're also able to earn up to 45 college credits for that experience. And so they've got a head start on that associates or bachelor's degree. Super cool program. Love to see that that kind of partnership and love to see universities recognizing apprenticeships and, you know, boot camp learnings as college credit. And this EdSurge article also points out that they are keeping an eye, as we are, on the Apprenticeships to College Act, which is a bill in Congress, uh, because it was definitely strengthened that network. So here's another example of all of that. So according to WABE, Atlanta-based City of Refuge is beginning the inaugural class of its Tech Transformation Academy. And this is a program funded by a $5.4 million Department of Labor grant that offers participants professional web development and cybersecurity training. So the accelerated program is taught by industry experts from Digital Crafts and the Carolina Cyber Center, and they're going to train 280 students over the next four years with City of Refuge providing that professional development and job placement services. So that should be a really great comprehensive program. 
And here's one more example. Zip Code Wilmington always seems to be on the cutting edge of community partnerships. And this is a really innovative one. Year Up, which is a one-year intensive job training program for high school and college students, have partnered with Zip Code Wilmington to basically teach Java software programming, and then get those year-up apprenticeships paid internships. Each year, about 100 Wilmington area students are accepted into that year-up Wilmington program, and about a third sign up for its software training curriculum, which is developed and facilitated by Zip Code Wilmington. Well, partnerships with those apprenticeship programs is one way for traditional universities to maintain relevance in 2021. And we actually read about several other meaningful partnerships between boot camps and universities this August. So Nashville State Community College has launched their own Nashville State Coding Boot Camps to help its community get the tech training they need to land tech roles. Nashville State Community College has partnered with two full-service software development organizations to create the boot camps. And the aim is to have its bootcamp grads find work at the large tech companies now opening up shop in Nashville, so such as Oracle, Amazon, HCA, and Tractor Supply. And Operation Spark got some press coverage in the Monroe News Star this August. Operation Spark is a nonprofit boot camp based in Louisiana, and they're offering a free intro class for Louisiana residents. But what really caught my attention in this article was Operation Spark's program for high schoolers. So rising sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and even recent graduates are eligible to apply for this program. It lasts two years and allows students to graduate with a full-time job. Operation Spark says that both their adult and their high school programs have a 100% employment rate within six months of graduation, and students go on to work for employers like Nike, PayPal, IBM, and Amazon. And Operation Spark CEO John Fabroni actually spoke on a panel hosted by Ascent Funding this week uh, that we tuned into, and he said that these high schoolers can even graduate with an associate's degree or continue their education part-time at Tulane or one of the LTCT technical colleges. So some really cool collaboration there. The Community College of Vermont has partnered with Vermont's Upright Education to launch coding and UX UI design boot camps aimed at retraining rural Vermonters for local tech roles. The CEO of Upright Education, Benny Boas, is actually the founder of Burlington Code Academy, an online boot camp based in Burlington, Vermont. So boot camp students of the CCV boot camps will have access to their large employer network. And according to the UK Star, the Developer Academy has been selected to offer skills boot camps, which is part of the government's lifetime skills guarantee and plan for jobs. And that's just another example of workforce development dollars going directly to boot camps. It comes as no real surprise that workforce development is still a big topic in the news today. This month, the Washington Post published a stirring report that a third of U.S. workers under the age of 40 want a career change, and that's one in three people. And these career change dreams are a direct result of the pandemic layoffs, as well as this year's career reassessment that saw many workers quitting. And the Washington Post wasn't the only news source that was exploring the role of workforce retraining and the economic recovery. Uh, Rachel Lipson from the Boston Globe published a pretty meaty piece about the big reboot and compared the job training system of 2020 
to those in the past. She writes that historically, policymakers, educators, and employers have all embraced a hyper-localized approach to the labor market, but that heavily localized system is showing its age because preparing for jobs of the future requires rethinking the geography of work outside of simply you know, where an individual lives. Lipson spoke with David Delmar Senties, who founded and is CEO of Resilient Coders, which is a Boston-based coding bootcamp that equips people of color without college degrees to become software engineers. And Cynthia says, quote, in the last cohort that we graduated, we had Philadelphia and New York-based companies hire Bostonians to work remotely, end quote. He believes that as remote work starts to be normalized, the tech industry will start to see more leveling out of salaries across regions and states. And Lipson also looks back and says, quote, during the Great Recession, there was a one-time influx in funding for the workforce system through the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. By the end of 2010, even as the number of long-term unemployed remained historically high, the supplemental funding had been completely exhausted, end quote. The same trend happened in higher education, and Lipson says that as a country, we missed a huge opportunity when employment was at historic lows, and we did not rebuild for future disruption. So this time around, we should not lose sight of the urgency of this situation. Karen Roby of Tech Republic caught up with Flatiron School CEO Adam Enbar to discuss what boot camps are doing to alleviate the tech skills gap right now. Adam mentions that in addition to boot camps being a faster and fairly inexpensive way to make a career change in comparison to the traditional undergraduate or graduate degree programs, boot camps will soon gain more of a foothold on meeting the tech skills gap because of their student outcomes. Many boot camps monitor how many of their boot camp students successfully land a tech role after graduation. And Adam says this is something that higher ed has not been taking as seriously, hence why boot camps are gaining more traction with adult learners and employers. And here's an interesting thought. Chloe Rittenhouse from Guild Education contributed an article in HR Dive this August. She writes that upskilling and education programs in the workplace are only half the solution. In particular, time poverty disproportionately affects the most vulnerable working populations, the same ones who have the most to gain from education programs. And studies find that collectively, companies spend more than $20 billion on education initiatives a year but less than 10% of workers actually take up these opportunities. And the reason is time. So employers have to recognize the systemic issues that impact those who struggle the most from time scarcity. And Rittenhouse gives a few suggestions to employers, including expanding education options to short-term credentialing like boot camps, in addition to traditional college. So to make apprenticeship pathways and university partnerships and government partnerships work, credentialing is one piece of that puzzle. And two articles in EdSurge this August dove into this topic. So let's start first with the Open Skills Network. We're hearing a lot more talk about alternative learning paths and skill-based credentials these days. And the Open Skills Network, a co 
a coalition of over 530 employers, educational institutions, and technology providers just had its first virtual skills summit to begin mapping out how to prepare and empower a stronger workforce here in the United States. Instead of the traditional college degree route to landing stable employment, a recent EdSurge article notes that the Open Skills Network is creating, quote, a decentralized network of open, accessible, and machine-readable skills to propel the American workforce forward, end quote. So this means identifying and promoting alternative learning opportunities and renegotiating what's required to land a good-paying job by recognizing verified skills-based credentials. In addition to meeting the current tech skills gap, the network could mean a whole new level of support and accessibility for those still left out of the tech workforce, so such as people of color, women, people with disabilities, caregivers, individuals with previous criminal records, and anyone without a four-year college degree. Yeah, this is a huge problem to tackle, so I'm interested to see what the Open Skills Network Coalition is able to accomplish in the coming months. And to piggyback on that, another EdSurge columnist, Sean Gallagher, highlighted how well online education platforms aimed at adult learners like 2U are doing since the pandemic began. In its most recent quarter, 2U, which partners with universities to deliver digital skills boot camps, has seen a 36% growth in its alternative credentials. And their recent acquisition of edX only shows that 2U is going to expand its micro-credential programs. Sean points out that we're definitely at a turning point right now. There's a lot of good, necessary rethinking going on in terms of skills-based hiring and redefining career pathways. But to be totally successful, these plans need to incorporate employers as well. And employers need to be invested in updating their hiring techniques, investing in skills training for employees, and presenting opportunities like apprenticeships and mentorship for those who are new in their career. But a big piece of the employer puzzle is credentialing as well. So it all ties in. Finally, we get to talk about new bootcamp scholarships and how bootcamps worked in August to close the gap in tech. The Denver Channel highlighted how bootcamps can tackle diversity in tech. So Liz, what were the highlights of that article? Yeah, so the Denver Channel dived into a new scholarship from Tech Elevator called the Represent Tech Scholarship. It's available to any member of an underrepresented group in the industry. The Denver Channel spoke with one graduate, Jasmine Brown, who had been looking for a change after spending seven years as a speech therapist. They asked her why she hadn't you know, gotten into tech before. And she said, quote, when I was younger, it was just something I didn't really think about, just probably because I didn't see myself represented, end quote. 85% of her tuition is taken care of by the scholarship. And Jasmine says that's the only way that she was actually able to attend Tech Elevator. So far, that scholarship has paid for all or almost all of 135 students' tuition through that program. And according to Tech Elevator, those recipients have gone on to make a combined $337 million in lifetime earnings. Not totally sure how they're doing that calculation, but 135 students getting full scholarships to Tech Elevator is totally commendable. So Very impressive. Yes, very cool. 
So nearly 3 million women have left the workforce since the pandemic began in the U.S. last March 2020. For women who left highly technical fields, it may seem daunting to try to get back into their career after being out of it for over a year. Tech is so frequently evolving, and those skills need that constant update to stay relevant. A guest post for CIO Dive, written by Roz Ho, the VP and Global Head of Software at HP, pointed out that many tech training programs are aimed at girls or young women just launching their career, and there are not enough aimed at mid-career professional women making a career change or upskilling. Roz points to the importance of paid internships, or what she's calling returnships, as a means to get women back into the workforce. Roz also believes that boot camps can be an excellent conduit for women who want to return to the workforce but need a skills tune-up to land that new job. Amazing. That is so cool to hear from the VP of software at HP. Definitely. Extremely affirming. And Flatiron School announced a new $1,500 scholarship through EssentialWorkers.com this August. The scholarship is designed to help essential workers who are interested in career advancement. So if you're an essential worker, according to the federal criteria for eligibility, you can apply for this one soon. Coding Dojo has recently partnered with the Prison Scholar Fund to offer tech training to formerly incarcerated individuals. This partnership will offer a 14-week intensive coding boot camp, and students of the program will be enrolled enrolled tuition-free as well as receive a living stipend while they're in the boot camp. Plus, alumni from this program will apply to that Microsoft Leap apprenticeship program for on-the-job training, and anyone who doesn't make it into the Leap program will instead work with Coding Dojo's career services and PSF partners to find the right tech position for them. So I love that they've kind of created Incredible. a career safety net as well at the end of this boot camp. Absolutely. That is so cool. Um, another interesting program comes from Proficient, which we've talked about before. They're a huge digital consultancy, and they've announced that they will do another Bright Paths cohort in Detroit, Michigan, and Lafayette, Louisiana. Proficient's Bright Paths program is designed to advance STEM education and career opportunities for underrepresented communities, and they partner with Hackbright Academy and Dev Mountain to deliver those boot camps. So apply for that one if you qualify, Detroit and Lafayette. And the mobile marketplace OfferUp announced a diversity scholarship in partnership with coding bootcamp Ironhack. The OfferUp Tech Career Empowerment Scholarship will provide Ironhack bootcamp scholarships to women and underrepresented individuals looking to make a career change into tech. So we're always learning about new boot camps, and we caught some really exciting news about a couple of new schools and reopened schools this August. Yes. So we had previously reported that the Montana Code School was closed, but according to the Missoula Current, the Montana Code School has relaunched in an online format after going dark during the pandemic. They launched in 2015, and it's a coding boot camp that's part of UM and Missoula College and counts an estimated 150 graduates to date. In the past, they've served students in Missoula and Bozeman, Montana, but now they'll be online. And UT Dallas has partnered with Full Stack Academy to launch four new boot camps in cybersecurity, coding, DevOps, and data analytics. So these are going to be online boot camps, and the first cohorts kick off this late October. 
All right, and in addition to that news, this month we added 11 new schools to the course report directory. So um, Jess, tell us about the first couple that students can now read about. Yeah, so we added some tech sales boot camps this August, including Satellite, Select Institute of Technology, Edusun Academy, and Elevate Higher. And we also added Aspireship, which offers an online software as a service sales boot camp, which is very interesting. We added online data science boot camps Vidya Analytics, Astrolabs, BitLabs Academy, and Henry Harvin Education. And as for online coding boot camps, we added Skillspire, plus we added the USF boot camps, which are powered by Springboard. All right, Jess, well, that was a lot of new news from August. So let's wrap up this podcast episode by just talking about our favorite pieces that we got to work on for the Course Support blog this month. Jess, what was your favorite piece to publish? I was so lucky to speak with three super accomplished bootcamp grads from General Assembly whose app Serenity won GA's Social Impact Hackathon this year. Scott and Jess both completed GA's UX Design Immersive, and then Shane graduated from GA's Social Engineering Immersive. Together with a few other group members, they created this Serenity app, um, which is focused on giving caregivers community and support. They built this hackathon winning app in just three days, which is so impressive. Um, in addition to giving us a video tour of this project, Serenity, Jess, Shane, and Scott shared really good advice on how to make a GA online immersive program work for you and what to expect from GA's career services. So definitely check out this piece if you've been considering General Assembly or an online immersive style boot camp. And Liz, um, which piece did you like working on this past month? Yes, I loved, well, I loved that social impact hackathon piece. That hackathon itself is just so cool. And I think it's really neat when boot camps offer a bunch of different verticals, like mm -hmm. teach a bunch of different things, and then people can kind of collaborate at the end of it on a final project. Definitely. UX designer and a software engineer. So I loved watching that video. And I also loved interviewing a design lab graduate named Jack this August, because I always ask how much research students do when they chose a boot camp. And Jack took the cake. It took him about a year to do his research. A man after my own heart as a bootcamp researcher, he considered about 10 design bootcamps and eventually chose Design Lab because he knew mentorship was really important to him. And so he asked about that in all of the application processes and Design Lab, he found, offered more face time with mentors, alumni, and fellow students. So he figured out was most what was most important to him. He did his research very comprehensively and he like found the school that was right for him and it all paid off because Jack landed his first design role as an associate UX designer at Travelport before he even graduated. So love a success story like that. And I think that does it for our August podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for all the latest about online boot camp opportunities, as well as some in person as we see some campuses reopening. And we will see you next month on the September Coding Boot Camp News Roundup. 
Yes, thank you for tuning in. We love feedback. So of course, email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. We will see you in September. See you in September. 